everybody. Welcome to Life Skills Radio. I'm your host, Jennifer Russell. And today we have with us education specialist, Katie Adams. She uh, is a specialist in PPCD. And we also have Elizabeth Danner, who is a transition specialist. Today we're going to be talking about those first few weeks of teaching um, or the first year of teaching. We know that that's a challenge for everybody that goes into this field. So um, Katie, let's start and, and just talk about you. Tell me a little bit about why you got into education and what you're doing now. Thanks for having me, Jennifer. Um, yeah, I've been an SLP, a speech language pathologist for about 13 years now. How I got into the field, um, I actually am a person who stutters. And when I went to college, my professor was a individual who stuttered. And I went down to him after the lecture and said, um, how are you doing this? Like, I this is unreal. And he basically said, you too can be an SLP. And I, I really think that this might be something that you can use to help other people as well. So that's kind of how I got into the field. I was um, inspired by someone else. So what I do now is I'm one of the, um, the preschool specialists here. So help educate um, teachers of children with disabilities um, age three to five, and I love it. So it's awesome. really fun. What about you, Elizabeth? Tell us a little bit about your story. Well, my story is far less noble. Um, I came <laughs> to special education to get out of gym class in eighth grade. They, we, uh, my middle school had a special school next door that was for students with significant cognitive disabilities. And this was back in the 80s. And some of you may remember the shorts with the piping and the polyester. And oh, yeah. I was not a fan, and I was not a fan of gym class, and they said that you could get out of gym class to volunteer at the school next door one day a week, and I said, sign me up. I don't care what it is. I'll do it, and got there, and I worked with um, the four- and five-year-olds. I was in the classroom with some little kiddos, and they were so cute, and it was just such a different way to think about um, the world. They were just, uh, it was it was a blast. And there was a great teacher in the room and, and just really great time. Then I went on and, um, and then eventually started my career in the classroom. And so now I am the transition specialist at the service center. That's awesome. Wow. So you both, you both have um, really interesting stories and, and a lot of years. I think, I think between the three of us, we have a lot of years in education. I know I've been in the classroom and out of the classroom for about 14 years. What about you, Katie? I think I think it's 13 this year. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth? Classroom, about 20. Wow. Yeah, and then before that, another decade of social work and supported living and working with adults. That's amazing. Long okay, so, so... So we all started work when we were 10, right? That's yeah, right. yeah. Yes. exactly, yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's just go back to, to those first weeks of being in the classroom. Um, I mean, I know my own experience was crazy. I I don't even know if I remember the first weeks. Like, I think I've blacked them out. I do remember calling my vice principal and crying, (laughs) like saying, I don't think this is the right job for me. (laughs) And it was a three-day weekend, apparently. (laughs) And she's like, you know, why don't you just take the three-day weekend and, and then you're going to come on back and, and we'll try again. I was like, okay. <laughs> and, um, you know, somebody convinced me, like, just give it three months. That's a season. Um, so, yeah, it was not, was not easy by any means. So I, just tell me a little bit about your, your, those first few weeks and just what some of the. Yeah, I remember being overwhelmed with both 
you know, plans going kaput within seconds of, you know, so either. Seconds. Yeah, within yeah. seconds. Like as soon as we would make a plan, it would fall apart. Um, and there were just, I was a, in my first years, I had worked as a paraprofessional um, previous to becoming the teacher. But then when I became the certified teacher of record, that's when, you know, it became I remember at the end of the day, if anyone said my name, I would cringe because it was a full day of Miss Danner, Miss Danner, Miss Danner. So many decisions yeah. in a day. And I think that's what hurt my brain a lot was I didn't have I didn't have the toolkit that I would later develop that, you know, every problem that you solve, you're just adding a tool to your tool belt. Mm-hmm. And so it was a brand new problem to solve, which meant, you know, checking with a lot of people. And it just it was so much more work in that first year that it does pay off. Your tool belt does get bigger, I promise. And you are able to more quickly solve problems and recognize what doesn't need to be solved that, you know, just let that one ride. And but I felt like there was so much responsibility on me to make everything run smoothly and I didn't realize that it's really it's less about balance and more about rhythm you know you're responding to what's happening you're staying attuned to your class and um and then you you know multiply that by all the multiple people um in the lives that's what was mind-blowing to me is that I spent a lot less time teaching than I thought I was going to it's like I spent a lot more time talking to adults yes and and looking at papers. And managing adults. I think that was the piece. I knew that with special education, there were going to be legal requirements and the paperwork. I knew that was coming. I knew teaching. And of course, I knew about um, the unique gifts and challenges that come with intellectual disabilities. And so I was prepared for all of those things. I was not prepared to manage staff, Mm -hmm. so many staff. Oh, I felt the exact same way. I distinctly remember telling my parents when I I um, graduated from grad school, I'm so excited. I've been working with kids all day long. And when you're, when, when you're a speech path, you know, there's so many different avenues you can go to. You can go in a hospital setting. You can work in a nursing home. You can work um, privately. And I was really excited to go work in the public schools because I thought I'm going to be working with young kids all day. And after the first week, I quickly realized I was not going to be working with kids all day. I was going to be working with adults all day. And that was the one thing that grad school really hadn't taught me about is how am I going to collaborate, communicate, conflict management, all those things that I really felt like I had a steep learning curve about. So I think that was one of my biggest challenges as well. And I mean, was there anything those first couple of weeks or months um, just being in the classroom and the interaction with the students, anything where you just were feeling like, I did not see that coming, or I am completely, you know, where you're flipping through the imaginary manual, you know, I'm like, oh, my goodness, that that's not in there. Where's the section on, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I what I do remember about that whirlwind was the generosity and loving care of the paraprofessionals who had been in the classroom for a while and just the the guidance the sometimes very subtle gentle guidance and other times the grab me by the shoulders and say (laughs) Elizabeth you have to call this parent or you know like that I just remember there the supports were there as well it didn't mean that there weren't tears driving home every night and me checking with my other first year teacher friends like did you just sort of spontaneously burst into tears <laughs> yeah okay cool oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right then I guess that's that that's what we do this year but um 
And for those of you listening who may be considering teaching, just skip over that part. It, it gets much better. Um, but, uh, you know, I just rem- remember that there were, um, I remember a speech therapist who at my very first ARD that I had not really been, it was, I think, on my first day of teaching. And somebody said, you have an ARD in 10 minutes. And I said, a what? In <laughs> when? A what? And, an ARD. A what? <laughs> come again. And it was a speech therapist who said, I'm going to lead this one and just walked me through it. And mm-hmm. then later said, this is the way you can find out about when ARDs are happening and kind of walked me through. So on the on the flip side of having to deal with so many other professionals, you also get so many professionals who can guide you and, and just kind of say, okay, I'm going to take this one and then I'm going to talk to you later to teach you. That's true. Well, I just can think of my first week and really thinking, wow, I'm not sure what I got myself into here. I had planned my first speech lesson. I was so proud of it. Had every single thing, you know, laid out. I was going to do, you know, had this beautiful literacy lesson. We're going to talk about some articulation skills. And then I had this, you know, receptive language, all my questions picked out. And I had a little small small group of four. And I was actually working with students who were deaf and hard of hearing at, at the time. And um, I get the lesson. It's supposed to be a 45-minute lesson. Well, 1.5 minutes later, <laughs> I, it is finished, and the kids are all over the place. And I will never forget someone was communicating with me very uh, loudly that, that this was um, maybe not the best lesson I had ever planned. <laughs> and so as I am um, trying to deal with that, I, I turn my back to two of the members of the group. And when I turn back around, I see a huge trash can full of trash coming on top of me. And one of my students has taken the trash bin and poured it on me um, with the lunch remnants on it. So I didn't know what to do. I was like, do I act like I care? Do I act like I don't care? Do I deal with the kid who's screaming or do I just you know this might be the time to get up and walk out like this <laughs> call um, the vice principal call the vice principal <laughs> I'm done. um I tried I'm <laughs> I'm not cut, cut out for this but I I do want to finish that story and that you know that student that made that big impression on me the first week made a really big impression with me on the last week too mm-hmm. and you know that is when I literally taught that student to say her name and be able to tell her mother that she loved her and that's what I accomplished that year and if I would have gone off that first week you know I don't think I would have um, really been able to know how you know going through that it made you know it was nothing compared to the feeling I was going to have at the end of that year and the accomplishment I was going to feel so I think there are ups and downs but one thing I would say is for people going through their first year is you really are truly making a difference in people's lives and you don't know what you don't know but you will learn and um, you know you might have a kid at the end of the year who looks at their mom and says I love you there's nothing better than than that so um, yeah but the trash was not fun Definitely not fun. Well, I think Katie really hit it with sometimes those biggest challenges end up. You never know the end of the story until you get to that chapter. So Mm -hmm. you have to just live it. There's no way around it but through it. And one example, and you asked like any, you know, specific examples. um, I had a student who um, had a seizure while we were in the community. And so we had to pull the school bus over. It was a rainy day, um, and this was a student who had previously had 
uh, been hospitalized after a seizure and, and had really um, had a lot of, you know, really life-threatening conditions surrounding the seizures. And and so there we were in the community. And so we, we pulled over and we get the students off the bus so that we could take care of, uh, of the student who was having a seizure. And then out of nowhere comes news van. <laughs> and so they were, you know, we have this news van um, and, you know, we'd had to call the ambulance. And so by the time we connected with the parent of the student, the, the parent was understandably overwhelmed and terrified. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just this like worst case scenario scene right. of I'm having to manage the students who are not having a seizure, trying to bring about the end to a seizure and then also trying to navigate um, a news crew. <laughs> right. And I'm just thinking I would, you know, give me 10 trash cans to the head. This is horrible. <laughs> and it was, you know, and I mean, for me, it was terrible. But I also just had such a wave of empathy for that, that parent who her approach was rage, you know, understandably. I mean, she was just enraged that that this would be happening. And, and she had a lot of concerns mm-hmm. about um, her child. And so, um, you know, that was a, a bad day, and yet um, the student ended up fine. And so I listened to the parent, and we debriefed later. And then at the end of that year, she wrote me the loveliest letter and said, I can't believe this was your first year of teaching because you handled that, you know, like somebody with more experience. And and I think it was just because I had that empathy that mm-hmm. I could just see, even in that moment when I was overwhelmed, I could see that her overwhelm was that times 10, and I'm the one paid to be overwhelmed, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that ended up being, I would have never predicted that, but that ended up being my proudest moment was just being able to open to that empathy for what the parent was going through in the midst of what I was going through and and staying focused on the goal of help the student and help all of the other students deal with all of this, you know, get us mm-hmm. through this was, was the focus. What's the most important thing right now? Right. With our parents, it's not... Um it's not personal typically Mm-mm. is that you you realize that that you know any of all of these reactions that are that we perceive as negative are pretty much all rooted in fear absolutely you know, fear for you know not Their being child. able to to be there to take care of their their children and who and you know that, yeah. the kids that we work with have significant disabilities and that can be a very scary thing to send them off to school each day so absolutely um, yeah it's a it's it's a big responsibility so um, yeah, I mean, I had an ambulance had to come to take one of my kids away that first year who fell down a flight of stairs and broke his leg. And, um, you know, you're with a class full of students and and then an ambulance comes. I do remember day. chasing a city bus because a student had wandered <laughs> off the campus grounds and I took corners on two wheels trying to track down a city bus. Thank goodness for cell phones. I think now. yeah, I did a lot yeah. of running that first year. I did. Yeah. I definitely chased somebody through the street, streets of Brooklyn who did not mm-hmm. get a sticker and thought that leaving school was was going to be the way to solve that problem. <laughs> to get stickers, yeah. <laughs> the the ways that yeah, I get it. Yeah. I used to uh, laugh. I taught a preschool class, um, and this class was meant for um, children who had unintelligible speech, and mm-hmm. we were working on. Um, their, you know, speech and their articulation skills. And so, you know, as a speech path, I'm, I'm pretty good. You know, some of my kids would come up to me and be singing a song and they'd be like, A-O-I-E. And 
I, and their parent would be like, what? I'd be like, days of the week. That's days <laughs> of the week. And they'd be like, oh, oh, thanks, you know. But I had this one student. I just, I, I'd be, he, sweet thing. He would come up to me and just be talking. I'd be like, oh, I cannot pick this up. So what his mom and I used to do is just, like, safety pin notes to his little jacket because he was three years old. And so she'd be like, you know, the student's name she'd be like you know he really um had a great time yesterday and she'd tell me what he did and then I could ask him about it I looked forward to that note every single day so I could talk to him Mm -hmm. I wanted to know about 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 his day um but I just thought that was really kind of her to be um include me in that process and you know when I wasn't sure what he was saying she wasn't like well figure it out and that's what you're supposed to do I was like I'm doing the best I can um but you know that student ended up doing really well but I just remember thinking man that that is a scary thing that takes courage yeah so just thinking about you know the fact that this is a this is a marathon it's not a sprint when you're a new teacher that there's such a huge learning curve and you're just it's very humbling I think because you can kind of you're in the moment witnessing how much you don't know, you know, and you just have to kind of live in that day after day, like, oh, here's another thing I don't know. All right, and then there's another thing I don't know. And you just keep moving through your day with a series of, yeah, I don't know that either. Think of them all as Easter eggs. (laughs) (laughs) That's the strategy. No matter how you got to the classroom, having people that you can lean on and go to, whether it's a a program specific mentor that you've been assigned or a team leader or find a job alike. Yeah, find your friends, find your people mm-hmm. and um and don't be afraid to to reach out for help and yes. uh, and don't be afraid to admit what you don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um that can be that sometimes it's it can feel scary to do that, but that actually mm-hmm. it's necessary. And I think if I could go back to first year self, I would just say, you know, take a deep breath, truly, like in those moments, if I had stopped to take a deep breath when I was just, you know, beyond the pale, I think even that and and trusting that at the that each moment really was building towards something more and and helping me and and you know, yeah, I guess building me as a master teacher and also contributing to yes. the whole um, of the, the classroom community. And so, yeah, if I had had a little more, I, I think it just felt so much. It's a lot. You put a lot. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves, I mm-hmm. think, as first year teachers, because it does feel high stakes because mm-hmm. you're working with children. So you're, you're, you're painfully now. aware that, <laughs> you know, oh, there are things I don't know. And there yeah. are people that yeah. need teaching. Mm-hmm. And. Um, but yeah, I think if I could go back to my first year self, I would, I would want to tell that person, you know what, take it easy, yeah. take it easy on yourself and because remember in your first up, year. Yeah. yeah. I, I think stepping back and big picturing it, mm-hmm. um, you know, and just thinking, did you show up with the best intentions? Did, were you, did you show up and were you of service every single day, um, that you were physically and mentally capable of doing that? And, you know, that's. That's a pretty big accomplishment. I think that was the other thing is I felt this pressure to be in charge of everything and and therefore never admit any kind of a weakness or any kind of a crack in the foundation Mm -hmm. of our structure of the classroom. I felt so much of like, oh, it's fine, it's fine. I can do it. I can handle it. And I had some wonderful administrators who said, I'm going to give you a little more support. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. And enjoy the kids. I mean, I think I had to be reminded constantly because, you know, 
oh yeah, they're kids. And school can be really fun and mm-hmm. kids are fun. And but when you're when you're stressed out and you're anxious, it's it's easy to to forget that hey, this is this is also kind of supposed to be fun. I know. I think the biggest thing I learned my first year is that I wasn't going to get anywhere with a student unless I had a connection with them. Mm-hmm. And I think I had all these great lessons planned. I but they were all about me. You know, mm-hmm. things that I liked. <laughs> I was like, "Why? You know, you don't like that? Oh, oh, well, I do. So you're gonna learn a lot from this about dogs. About dogs. I I love dogs. You know, it's all about me. Um, but then once I really figured out, okay, if I want to make the most progress with them, I need to get to know you. But mm-hmm. sometimes with our students, that can be hard. Yes, it can be really hard. And you know, the parents were a great gateway to that. But I really saw the value in I'm gonna take time to get to know you, to play with you, to just see you, mm-hmm. right, and see what you're interested in and really find out, you know, how I can form a connection with you so that way you can learn. And yeah. I, I wish I would have, um, I was more about we're going to do this and this, this is what I'm going to teach, this is what I want you to learn, this is what we're going to do, this is what, and if I were to go back to my first year self, I'd say, that's all great, but the first thing you need to do is really get to know your kids. What Katie said made me think of the Sama, join and follow to lead, mm-hmm. that um, we're not just molding and shaping the youth of today into tomorrow's leaders, that, you know, as educators, we really have to stop and listen to them, and that that's, um, that's part of where we can find our joy, and it's also where we can find the hook that will help them to not throw trash cans <laughs> to participate and want hey, to be a part of this. Unless you yeah. asked them to. I turned that, that around. You did. You did it. <laughs> you did turn you, it around. Because you joined and followed and led. <laughs> That's right. Um, Katie and Elizabeth, thank you both so much for being here. You guys are awesome and we're very lucky to have you. So thanks a lot. This is great. Thanks, Jen. Once again, if you liked what you heard, don't forget to like and subscribe to Life Skills Radio on iTunes. Make sure to give us a rating and a review. We want to reach as many people as possible. Thanks, everybody.